Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All righty, welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defo and Luby. No Defo, just Luby here. I'm excited to be solo today because we are talking to a person I'm a huge fan of, and I presume you are as well, uh, was a huge part of the smash hit Shit's Creek, been involved in a lot of other projects, and has a ton of things in the works, including what opens tonight, the end of sex in theaters. The one and only Emily Hampshire joins us today on After Hours. Good morning, good afternoon. Emily, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I, I'm not. I'm trying my best to not fanboy too much over Shit's Creek because I adored oh. that series. But before we get to that, I, you have so oh. much... You have so much going on. I was trying to go through all of like what you're doing and I got stressed out. So I can't even imagine how <laughs> you sort out all that you do. Yeah. I, I am. I'm also trying not to fangirl about Miami. I love <laughs> Miami so much. That's actually where we would go um, when we had our six week hiatus because it's really close to Toronto and we only had like two weeks. So um, we would go to Miami and um, yeah, it's amazing there. Well, I appreciate it because you don't always get such positive reviews of our South Florida area. So uh, as an original born and raised, I appreciate your sentiments. But I do want to get to the end of sex because, look, I am a man. uh, We're in year two of my marriage. I also am divorced. Just to put that out there. So this film actually seems to harken close to home and something that uh, we don't have children yet, but we're thinking about it. A couple trying to reinvigorate their marriage and then they go from there. Uh, It opens tonight in theaters. How did you get involved in The End of Sex and what can we expect from The End of Sex? Well, I got involved from um, Jonas Chernick, who is the writer and star of the movie, and the director, Sean Garrity. We had all done a movie 10 years ago called uh, My Awkward Sexual Adventure. Mm -hmm. And that was a movie where we were all in our 20s, and it was about, you know, the the discovering sex stuff. And um, again, a sex comedy, not um, porn. Um, (laughs) But then, so this is 10 years later, and... Uh, Jonas wrote this script and sent it to me, and I just thought it was one of the funniest scripts I've ever read, but also a, a story that we don't see as much anymore, like those old movies like Knocked Up or This yeah. is 40. It's so relatable and funny. Um, so, yeah, I was just, yes, right away. I just thought it was so great. All right, so I do want to, since you fangirled over my city, I will uh, fanboy over what has gone down as one of the greatest TV series ever, and it started on, like, pop. And I remember finding it and going, Shit's Creek, this cast is ridiculous. Uh, what show is this? And the sense of humor that that show brought writing, we always hear about great writing, but it was not only the great writing, but the relationships you all seem to have and the way you coexisted and interacted on air was as good as you will see in television. And then, of course, with Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, uh, you yourself, uh, Daniel Levy, uh, the cast was hysterical. That show is amazing. And, and, and it ended up becoming a national phenomenon. It became a worldwide phenomenon, of course. You're out of Canada. I know it's a hit in Canada as well. How was it to be a part of that show from the beginning where it started as a small project to becoming a, a Emmy Award winning program? Well, it's really interesting because when I signed on to the show, uh, it was a show with Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. I thought this was going to be huge. And I also thought I was just going to be bringing the, uh, the roses towels and making a sarcastic <laughs> comment. And I was cool with that because I thought this was going to be this big thing. 
And it actually wasn't at first. Like, nobody was really paying attention. Like you said, it was on pop. It was in Canada. Even in Canada, it wasn't that big a hit. And But we liked it. And we got more seasons because we did it in Canada with our Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. So they kind of had to give us it's the government. So they have to give us more <laughs> seasons. Um, and it only became the big hit that it was when we were done. Mm. Like, when we got all those Emmys, none of us had jobs. So it was very shit creaking. Um, but it, I think it was the perfect way for, for that show to become a hit. Oh, that's funny. It became a hit after it was already done. That's classic. Uh, so I, I look at you're not only that you have a, a big series coming out, talking about big on Amazon, The Rig. You have a graphic novel coming out, Amelia Airwood. And you also co-write your projects coming out with Elliot Page. Um, how do you keep everything straight? And because writing, producing, acting are so different worlds. And it seems like you have your foot in almost all of them equally. Yeah, I um, I don't do everything straight. I do find it. I'm really like a person who likes to dive into one thing deeply, and I'm not a good multitasker. And yet, I'm doing a million things at once. But because the opportunities presented to me have been so great that I can't say no. So basically, the way I do it is I don't sleep. <laughs> and, uh, you sound energetic to me. That coffee must be strong. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yes, yes. But uh, it's just, I've, especially the writing stuff I've gotten, like the my comic book that's out now is my baby, and I it just brings me so much joy doing it that it doesn't feel like work, so I can just keep going. Um, there's no such thing as like a weekend to me, but um, yeah, I just feel lucky to be able to do this stuff. I've been an actor since I was 11, so I know what it's wow. like to not work. Um, and this is better. <laughs> what do you, okay, that's interesting because you do such a good job and you, it's funny how your character did grow on Schitt's Creek from just the, you worked at the hotel, then you bought the hotel and then you became a part of the family. Uh, where do you, where is your passion lie the most? Do you differentiate between the writing and the acting? All um, right. I definitely would say I like the part of creating worlds. So, I would be happiest if I could just stay home and just imagine things <laughs> all day. And if nobody reads it, that's fine. But I also like to make a living. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I guess all of it. Emily Hampshire, The End of Sex Out in Theaters now. Check her out. And hopefully we get to talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot, Emily. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The one and only Emily Hampshire. Uh, didn't think we went long because we were literally at seven minutes, but you never know with these conversations. Uh, she is a wanted woman. Uh, Shit's Creek is great. I didn't realize that it became a big deal after. Like, I know when it was on, and I watched it as seasons went, that it wasn't this huge national thing in America, but it was on and people talked about it. So I didn't, and it won nine Emmys. <laughs> like it won a lot of awards in America and it won a ton of awards in Canada. I presumed they were still doing it. It's funny that they really got their crux of success after the fact, uh, but good for them. And she's blown up. I mean, the series, the rig Amazon is as big as it gets. Uh, she's writing stuff with huge uh, production companies. She's executive producing. She's acting. And her graphic novels out, Amelia Airwood, uh, doing so much. Emily Hampshire, big fan. Appreciate 
her time with us. Appreciate you joining us. And yes, the NBA playoffs are going on. The NHL playoffs are going on. We're out here, as she said, we're out of South Florida. So uh, the Miami Heat shocked the world. One of the most surprising upsets. And yes, an upset is surprising, but some you have an idea. That's when you didn't. The Heat should have lost in four or five. I was one of the people that thought they'd lose in four or five. I honestly thought the Miami Heat weren't going to make the playoffs at all. And I was okay with that. This season's been sort of a disaster as last year they were one shot away from the finals. They flirted with anywhere from the fourth seed to the 10th seed pretty much all year long. And it came down to the end of the season where they had a shot at the sixth seed and ended up at the seventh seed going into the play-in tournament and then lost to the Atlanta Hawks, one of the first teams to lose a seventh seed position as a play-in. Played the Chicago Bulls who were sort of struggling injured and the Heat almost lost to them come back late, win that game, get their prize, the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed overall, not only in the East, but in the NBA, the favorite to win the title heading into the playoffs. Yes, Giannis got banged up in game one. Well, also Tyler Hero got hurt in game one. Victor Oladipo got hurt in game one for the series. Giannis came back in game four and looked good. And he was there in game five and played great. And it wasn't enough. Jimmy Butler was otherworldly, as we've seen him be in the playoffs, not only with the Heat, but look, with the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs, Jimmy Butler with an an All-NBA, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, he was their best player. And he's been this, the playoffs, he's good in the regular season. People don't give him enough credit. He's a really good regular season player. He is on another planet when it comes to the playoffs. He just is, and he got just enough help from Caleb Martin, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Jay Vincent, Kevin Love, to get past a Bucks team that was reeling. And they should have uh, gotten through this series. It fell with ease. And yeah, Giannis got hurt, but he was back in time. And it was interesting to see how that series went. Uh, the Golden State Warriors now lead the Sacramento Kings in their series. When they started out 0-2, they did get a road victory, which something they've struggled with all season long. The Cavs... Done. Knicks moved on. The Knicks will now play the Heat in round two. That starts Sunday. You have the Boston Celtics who finally get rid of the thorn on their side of the Atlanta Hawks last night. The Sixers did move past the... The Sixers did move past the New Jersey... The Sixers did move past the Brooklyn Nets to get to the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs against those Boston Celtics and the uh, out west... You, the Clippers and Suns are, are getting near the end as both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George aren't playing. And they've actually put up a valiant effort versus the Suns, but it just, it, it's not going to be enough. The Suns will eventually get past them, but who knows what that means going forward. It's going to be a very interesting rest of the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. Our Florida Panthers take on the Bruins tonight, trying to stay alive and force a game seven. You have the Rangers, who are once up, now down versus the New Jersey Devils. You have the Avalanche in a dogfight against an expansion. The, 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 the champ, defending champion in a dogfight against the expansion. Seattle Kraken. A lot going on in the world of playoffs. The NFL draft was last night. Round one did not go to form. Bryce Young was the first overall pick, so a speculation of Will Levis being number one was very wrong, as in Will Levis wasn't even drafted in the first round. Anthony Richardson goes number four. The next two picks, the Texans, who are they going to draft? Well, they're going to take both, as they got C.J. Stroud at two, and reports said that wasn't happening. And then they traded back to number three with the Arizona Cardinals to take Will Anderson, which a lot of people is, uh, is who they thought that was going to be the selection for the Houston Texans, it was. They got both their hopeful quarterback of the future in C.J. Stroud and their defensive stalwart in Will Anderson. Very interesting first round. The Philadelphia Eagles, a team that was in the Super Bowl and had a chance to win the Super Bowl, got better 
as they took to Georgia. Georgia, the team that went back-to-back titles. Georgia, the team that's had this ridiculous defense. Five players drafted in the first round last year. The defense was, again, the best defense probably in the country by eyesight, and the numbers probably weren't much off. Yeah, they got Jalen Carter, who many think is the best player in the draft, fell because of some off-the-field stuff. At number nine, the Eagles switched with the Bears 10-9 to because Jalen Carter. And then later in the first round, Nolan Smith, the stud edge linebacker for the Georgia Bulldogs. They now have a add to a defense that was already great. Eagles did a great job. Some teams did not. Uh, the Miami Dolphins didn't even have a pick because they traded one away for Bradley Chubb in season and tampered with Tom Brady, who they didn't even get. So our Dolphins down here didn't even have a pick. The draft will continue tonight and into this weekend. We'll talk about that next week. Hopefully you all have a great weekend. Enjoy your playoffs. Enjoy your NFL draft. And enjoy your fun. Uh, check us out each and every morning if you want on South Florida Live 7 to 9. Defo and myself, we also do a lot of things with the 5 Reasons Sports Network, something called Defo on 5 with Luby, and parts of the Defo show with Luby on 5 Reasons Sports Network. And here we take our national turn. And again, thank you to Emily Hampshire. Check out the end of Sex in Theaters tonight. She also has a graphic novel, Amelia Airwood. And a show coming out in the fall, The Rig on Amazon. Appreciate her time and appreciate you tuning in. Like we enjoy saying each and every time, whether you're the Miami Heat and you move on to the second round, the Milwaukee Bucks, and I'm sorry, Giannis, it was a failure, who were the number one seed in the entire playoffs and lose in five games to a playing team for the first time ever. A playing team has never won a playoff series. No matter what, you got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food. Amazing atmosphere. Good for a family. Good for a date or just a night out for yourself. And prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.